What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Susie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Uh, happy Monday, if there is even such a thing as a happy Monday. Uh, yeah, I hope everybody's having, I uh, hope everybody has a great start to their week. But uh, let's jump right on into it. Stevie, what's going on in the book world? Um, not really much this week. Alexis Winters is really soon claiming her forever, who we've had here last week. Today? Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm doing today? Um, I'm going to go read me some Mountain Men. Promise to Love You from our guest today is out today, too. So it is her release day. Um, I don't think I have much to speak. There wasn't really a lot going on. At least not for me, because I don't really have a lot signed up for this month. I am uh, on a break, so... I'm not doing much of anything at the moment. I'm, uh, I dropped a teaser for Courage for Fools. There's a teaser for Courage for Fools that's out today. That's exciting. Ah, you guys get to see a little bit more of Rhett and Q. Um, but other than that, I'm just patiently waiting 17 more days for the release of Courage for Fools. Arcs are going to be going out soon. So if you're a blogger and you haven't signed up yet, you should definitely do that. There's a little still a little bit of time to do that. But uh, yeah, I think that's all for me. And uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and read the bio of our lovely coming up guest. <clears throat> Jay Salmon is a USA Today bestselling author who is addicted to Diet Coke, sour candy, and indie rock. She swears too much, especially after a glass of wine, and has a penchant for sarcasm, or so her husband and children like to tell her. She's admitted lover of second chance romance, love triangles, and the perfect amount of angst. She is best known for writing contemporary romance filled with smart, strong women and sexy alphas who have a softer side, especially for their ladies. If she's not with her kid and husband, then you can likely find her chilling out with a book in her hand, hopefully on a beach somewhere, because that seems pretty amazing, right? And without further ado, Further ado, let's go and chat with Mrs. J. Salmon. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, J. Salmon. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so, so, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Miss J. Salmon has a uh, book release today, so congratulations to her on that. So how's your day going so far? So far, so good. Um, I uh, actually got home from a trip at about 1 a.m. last night. So the Ooh. fact that I am up and functioning is a miracle. But um, yeah, no, so far, so good. Oh my gosh, yes, literally me. I don't go to bed till like 1 a.m. And then I like wake up at like 9 and I'm like, why am I tired? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the luxury to sleep in. I have to be up early with my kids. So oh. it was, uh, I'm a little fried, but that's what sleeping tonight is for. I love children, but I also love the fact that I don't have my own. <laughs> Everybody around me has plenty though. So I just borrow them. For and then you get day. to give them back. That's like the best of both worlds. Exactly. I had my niece yesterday and I had my niece Saturday and Sunday and she's a little cuddle bug, but God, she's the worst cuddler ever because she'll like <laughs> shove her kneecaps into your rib cage oh. and like you get no sleep when you're sleeping with Belle at all. So oh. I was like, yeah, that, that's done me in with the baby fever for a little bit. <laughs> I like having my own bed. So we are going to jump right into book questions about you. I'm going to let Stevie take the first one, and then she's going to direct me on which one she wants me to take, or if she wants to take all of them, she can. But yeah, I'm just going to sit here. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. All right, book one, which is um, Reckless to Love. 
Yeah. And that is Lyric and Jameson's story. Mm-hmm. And that is a second chant for romance. Yes. So where did their love story come from? So this book is actually um, a lot older than the current series. I wrote it back in, I think, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so their, their story actually came from a dream. Um, I, I wrote, I, I get a lot of them from dreams, I guess, but uh, I remember like waking up a morning and I was like, oh, like the first, like the prologue, I guess, sort of kind of came to me with like the text message stream back and forth from like, you know, her ex kind of thing. And so I kind of wrote that down and then um, literally the book wouldn't let me rest. I was, um, we were headed to Florida for our family vacation and I didn't bring my computer cause it was Disney and all that stuff. And I kept grabbing my phone and, and like taking notes and like writing scenes. And, and it, <laughs> it, it, they kept talking to me, like waking me up in the middle of the night and it, that book kind of flew out in just a couple of weeks, which is like not my normal style, but. That is insane. Holy crap. Yeah. Want, everybody crazy. talks about having books that are like that. And I'm like, I need, where, where's my, I need that. <laughs> I haven't had one since like that. That one, that one really just sort of took over me. Um, and then, so when I wrote that, I really liked um, the idea of sort of having it be flashbacky but not doing it with intermittent flashbacks. I kind of wanted it to be um, sort of told in almost like a linear fashion, but go from the past to the present. So um, that was sort of a a different way to do it for me. But, um, and then I ended up linking it because I had lyrics character come later. So I, I sort of ended up linking it. So it's almost like a prequel to the series, but kind of linked. I love that. That's super cool. Okay, so books two and three are Love to Hate Her and Hate to Love Him, awesome titles, and has a super unique storyline, um, and so, wait, hold up, where is the question? What in, yeah, wait, hold up. Okay, so you had like two numbers on these questions, and I was like, wait, this is just a stand. <laughs> I don't understand where the question is. Okay, so what inspired you to do a book with an autistic daughter, which is super awesome, and it's super like rare to see someone willing to take a chance with like writing a character that isn't that is flawed, um, yeah. or viewed as flawed, I guess you should say, because autistic children are not flawed. Oh my god, I did not mean that. I did not mean that. <laughs> well, so, so well, actually, I, mean- I wrote. So my daughter is autistic. And yes. so um oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I totally did not mean it the way that I that Oh no, out. believe me. No, no, no. I'm totally no, I'm good. I have Promise. such word vomit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you don't need to apologize. I swear to you, I'm good. <laughs> um, so Adel- Adeline, um, so the book I actually combined in I took both books and sort of combined it now to make the the series a little bit cleaner because I think people were getting confused that I had one book and then a duet and another book so mm-hmm. I combined the duet into one now but um Adeline um yeah I mean when I first wrote the book it was shortly after my daughter was diagnosed and a lot of Jasper's sort of thoughts and feelings and things were sort of like what my husband and I were going through and sort of coming to terms with the fact that like you know, our, our child is different and, yeah. you know, it's not really what you expect when you have a child that you will have, um, a, a child that has different needs. And, um, so it was, but it was 
sort of, you know, some of his struggles internally that he was going through and then, but also sort of um, realizing that even though she is, um, I guess, different, you know, the way that her brain works is different than maybe a neurotypical child's, but that um, you wouldn't really change them and that you, you yeah. love them and you wouldn't, you wouldn't change them. You would just kind of want to make their life a little bit easier. And so it was sort of, um, I, I, you know, that obviously kind of hit home with me that I, it was sort of like his struggle with that, but also, you know, obviously we're not rock stars in my house. So, but it was, <laughs> you know, he's all of a sudden has this child who um, really needs somebody more than just a typical nanny. You know, you need someone to, who understands that it is, um, you know, autistic children, not, you know, it is a spectrum. So there are, Adeline, I think is um, more sort of like middle of the spectrum, which is what my daughter is. And so um, you can't just sort of throw any like, you know, 22 year old nanny at them and expect them to understand how to take care of that. So that was, that was sort of what that was about. And at the time when I wrote it, I was sort of nervous how it would be viewed to have an autistic child, an autistic character, because yeah, it's true. Like um, a lot of people have trouble understanding that sort of thing if they'd have no experience with it. So yeah. I was, I was definitely worried about that. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool thing that you were able to be like vulnerable. Cause I mean, obviously you were going through this like for yourself. So that's like super, like to be super open and vulnerable about something that you're going through, like through characters is like super amazing. I have a friend of mine whose son has Asperger's syndrome. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you say that. So, but I think that the way that their brains work are so cool, like just so like unique and you know, like their own, like he has a thing for uh, like lists. That's what mm -hmm. makes him feel like comforted. Right. Yeah. So from dinosaurs to names of TV shows, like he is a list maniac. It's, it's <laughs> literally the coolest thing ever because you'll be like, you know, you'll be like, Ethan, like, uh, tell me from, you know, the list, like the presidents of the United States in order. And he'll be like, okay, cool. And like, he'll go, wow, that's like, impressive. but that's just, uh, that's just what I think. Um, so I'm not really like versed on like all autism, autistic, you know, children, because mm -hmm. I don't have one myself, but she, the way she explains it is, it's like, it's a comfort thing for him, like mm -hmm. where his brain, the way his brain works, like he's not a very social person and yeah. it's very, um, uncomfortable. Like he doesn't read social cues very well. Yep. Like he doesn't understand sarcasm or like if, if you're, you're joking, he'll take it seriously and he doesn't like touching people at all. So he'll yeah. be like, hello. And you like try to hug him and he's like, please don't touch me. So <laughs> good for him for, uh, for verbalizing it like yeah, that. So please, that's good. Please don't touch me. Yeah. So but it's, he's literally, he's the, he's the coolest kid in the entire world. And so I love the, I, I don't know. I think it's super amazing how their brains work. It's just like, they do. So and it, and it is a spectrum where some, you know, most autistic people, children have certain traits that is, enables them to be to get that diagnosis mm -hmm. but there really there really is such a huge spectrum with it with how um like you said like he makes lists and then you know it, it's just like everybody sort of they had their own different way of um of just seeing the world and it's a yeah. it's a very interesting thing to see the world through their eyes that way and so that I kind of wanted 
um, Adeline to, I guess, give readers who don't have experience with people on the spectrum, um, I guess a broader understanding that just because they do have this diagnosis that they're still children, you know, like they're still, and they should be treated as children and not looked at, I guess, differently, or like there's something wrong with them. That does, yeah. and that does unfortunately still tend to happen a lot. Yeah. Ethan, I think he's really self-aware of like, so he, I think he's like 13, 12, somewhere mm-hmm. like that. He's getting older and his mom has always been super vocal with him about his own diagnosis, like that he, you know, is autistic and they've been super aware of it. And I think his way, like he's very, he's very self-aware of like Mm -hmm. him having this, you know, diagnosis. And so when people try to, you know, like the thing where um, they find out, like somebody finds out your child has autism or Asperger's or something like that. And they talk to you about them, right? Like through them, Ethan is like, I can talk to you. Like, I just like, he, his mom has been so good with like making sure that he knows like that he is allowed to have boundaries. He is allowed to vocalize his like being uncomfortable around certain situations. And I think that's made him a lot. It's made it a lot easier for him. So, but, and that's awesome. That's a really fantastic way to do it. And so sort of just like tiptoeing around something that really doesn't need to be tiptoed around. but he gets so annoyed. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame him for like, that. <laughs> oh, can he like, oh, does he need like, and he's like, no, I'm perfectly capable of having a conversation with you. Like <laughs> you don't need to talk to my mom about like what I want for food. It's like Jesus. <laughs> so he's super, he's super uh, upbeat about it. But yeah, so congratulations, not congratulations. What is the word I'm looking for? I commend you for being able to be vulnerable <laughs> about something that you're can, experiencing currently. So yeah. Okay. Next question. I got off on a tangent. See, see, see? <laughs> <laughs> so I need to use my raised hand feature. Um, book three is crazy to love you, which I do have. Yeah. Oh yeah. For me. Um, and that is Gus and Naomi's story. Mm-hmm. Um, Gus was kind of a character that a lot of people didn't like at first. Yes. <laughs> he was very cocky. <laughs> yes. Um, so what mm-hmm. made you want to give him a redemption story sort of because of what happened in yeah so it's funny I like um readers hated Gus in the duet and love to hate her and hate to love him readers hated him and I never did maybe it's because I always had this notion that um you know you know he's like I maybe you know maybe just because I had Gus in my head and so like I you know I had a better understanding of his um, thought process mm-hmm. um, but readers hated him and I felt bad for him <laughs> so you know like he was this guy who was like you know maybe he acted you know he did some things that were wrong you know growing up but you know he kind of but he always loved this woman and he be kind of came self-aware but yeah he did sort of he screwed up he cheated and cheating is you know, especially in the romance world, it unless, is like, unless you know yeah. how to play that one right. It is not okay. So um, they're cheating in a book, and they're immediately like, "Nope." Yeah, I will, and then some people can write cheating romance, and they know how to pull it off. But you have to be—you. It's a very specific audience, and a there lot of people are not cool yeah. with it. I'm not. I'm not like picky like I genuinely will seek out cheating trope like Gianna yes Darling and has, there is that yeah, yeah there's me <laughs> Gianna Darling has a, a trilogy 
called The Evolution of Sin, which is yeah. literally, that's mm-hmm. it. And it's like, I love that book. Okay? Oh, yeah. And I've read, uh, yeah. And it, for me, you know, like there, I feel like there are certain boundaries, I guess, with it and you got to yeah. play those up well, but that was not what Gus's sort of situation was. It was meant to be that he was sort of the villain in that um, yeah. situation with like, sort of a small redemption in that like he did try to push Jasper and Vila together um and then but yeah I kind of felt bad for him I felt like he he did have this story that kind of needed to be told and then and I was and I was wary about it because I was like readers hated him I wonder you know like I had to make him sort of this like um over the top book boyfriend almost to kind of yeah, really to kind get of him to a place where readers are kind of gonna like give him that that second chance in their head to to redeem himself because sometimes people are like once a cheater like that's it like I'm done with you I don't so, believe that I don't and I maybe that's me being naive and having loved romance books for a long time and maybe that is me being naive to the world but I don't I don't believe once a cheater always a cheater I feel like that's super yeah I feel like that's saying like I don't know I don't know what to like correlate that with it's like once you I don't know like I can't I can't explain it but I just feel like I know what you're saying being somebody something for their entire life because of a mistake they made when they're young like if the shit I did when I was young was held against me currently I would be in jail okay oh oh, me too believe me me too (laughs) if I if I was still doing the stuff I was doing when I was 19 my god but yeah I mean he was 19 when he was cheating, right? Yeah, and so I mean, he was young. And so, yeah, I, and I, and I really liked, um, I really liked Gus. So I, and I wanted him to have, I wanted him to have a happily ever after because I felt like he kind of also got his heart broken with, with Phyla. So um, he kind of you. came about and then she kind of kicked his ass over with it. So yeah. I mean, I love a good, I love a good redemption story. Give me a villain with a good redemption arc any day of the week, any day <laughs> over the hero. This. Yeah, any day over the hero, and I'll be like, yes, please. please Alexis Winters' you. new book that comes out today has a bad character in it because of cheating, and I have tried. I'm trying to convince her to write the redemption arc because I really do think she has a story. Not yeah. to mention, and maybe this is just my brain. Not to mention the fact that. I think that there are, there are people, I don't think everybody has just like one soulmate. I think people have like different connections that they'll spread all over their life. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that people will be, oh, this is going to sound so shitty and people are going to come for me, but I don't even care. I think people will be the person that they need to be for the right person. And I think if you're being cheated, if somebody is cheating, then it's not the right person that they're with, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. No, oh no, that definitely does. And that was sort oh. of the point of I that. I love him. Give it to me. I love a good redemption arc. I love it. Yeah, and you know what? There is there is sometimes I feel like those are like the best stories because yeah. they're just so they're just such multi-dimensional characters. They have so many sides to them. So I yeah, I, know, I, I loved writing Gus. Gus. That was actually probably one of my favorites to write just because I really loved Gus. I love that my too. Favorite. But so at the end of that book, everybody loved him again. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially, you know, like, you know, I obviously no spoilers, right? But like 
especially, you know, with sort of what happened with them at the end and then, you know, some of the unknowns and then he, you know, sort of, it was like almost like a full circle and it freaked, I got, I got some angry texts from some readers being like, what are you doing to me? I'm afraid to get to the end. And then, <laughs> then they, then I got happy texts later, but yeah. I, but see my issue with this though, is the issue with loving the redemption character, like the villain is, is that in every single movie, TV show book I ever watch, right? It's like, every time there's a bad guy, I'm like, but but I'm like always falling for the person I should not be. Like, the bad I, guy always, I, the bad guy has a side too. And that's something that is sometimes overlooked. The bad like guy has a side too. They're making like a, they're making like a Harry Potter movie series. I don't know what it is. It's about Voldemort when he oh, was really? younger. And I was like, listen to me. If you did not want me to fall in love with him, why did you cast him hot? Why is he attractive? Okay. <laughs> Like, I'm confused. Don't give him a tragic backstory and have make him have be tall, dark, and handsome because I will, I, I'm going to like him. I'm going to like First him. That's what I'm saying. The villain has more. a side too. And, and, you know, the villain is only a villain to the hero, but exactly. to the villain, the hero is the villain. If that exactly. makes sense. Harry Potter is shitty <laughs> like in his head. But moving on. Um, so, are we on, are we on, we're on question four. Yeah. Love to tempt you. Uh, it's Keith and Maya's story. And uh, Stevie says that this is probably one of the most emotional ones for her. Yeah, and because he was like, Keith was kind of like fighting like ghosts of his past. So what inspired this story? Because when Keith finally realizes that he's like in love with, you know, Maya, it's like chef kisses. Yes. Um, what inspired that story? Uh Again, I think the, like the first chapter with like the car accident, I think that kind of like came to me in a dream. Um, I liked that Maya was super like this downtrodden character. Mm -hmm. um, but so in high school I had, it was like this weird, not pan, you know, just like this weird, not epidemic, but like there were, when I was in high school, suicide I had a good friend who committed suicide and I was, we were like 14, super young. And then another one, um, a couple of years later mm -hmm. and it, and I, and I, it was, you know, it's always, and unfortunately I've had, I've lost friends and people in my life, but suicide, it lingers differently on you. It sits differently on Absolutely. you. And, it, and it's something that, um, you know, now I think people talk about it more, you know, you know, you were, you, you were hearing about all those awful tragic cases of like, you know, cyberbullying and kids taking their lives because of it. So it's definitely become more of a conversation, but it really wasn't when I was growing up and that, you know, we, it, so it was just something that always kind of sat with me and I felt like, um, and you don't always see it coming. And sometimes it's just like, comes out of nowhere and it just sideswipes you. And I felt like that was something that I really had always wanted one of my characters to kind of um, experience and go through. And I felt like Keith, who was always this like, um, kind of very charming Southern boy, happy-go-lucky guy, like just, you know, like the guy that you really just want to like chill with and like have a beer by the pool with kind of guy. Like I yeah. kind of liked the idea of him fighting this really strong demon in his past 
to the point where it had impacted him and, and held him back in so many ways. And then I, I liked having the female come in and swoop in and be the hero to him instead of the reverse. Yeah, You know, like the guy always comes in and slays all her demons. And he did that for her. He definitely slayed a lot of her demons, right? Yeah. But she returned the favor big time. And I, and he would not have become the guy he was meant to be without her, I guess. Okay. So I love that. First of all, let's just, let's just clarify multiple <laughs> things. I'm going to hit on, on this. First of all, I could love talking about, I just feel like having aware. I have a, uh, so like the universal, like suicide awareness thing is like the semicolon. Right. So I have mm-hmm. that on the back of my shoulder for a friend of mine who committed suicide when we were in high school. So, um, super I think it's like super something that people should talk about it shouldn't be like a taboo thing that people keep under the rug because you should be aware of you know if people are gonna you know do it or if you know it's happening kind of thing so Mm -hmm. I have a character who tries to attempt suicide when I wrote uh love like when I wrote my first series of books and it is the way that you said it where it was like it's something that lingers like when somebody you lose somebody to suicide it lingers with you a little bit differently than if you just lose somebody to like natural causes or um maybe even a car accident that's out of the blue because you will grow in grief and realize that there is nothing that you could have done to have prevented that car accident to have prevented old age, prevented cancer, like you will grow and you will realize that there was nothing that you could have done, but suicide lingers because it's always like, but I, but I could have like, yeah, feel it's like, the guilt. There, yeah. there is this, there is this, um, there really is. It's just, even, even if like, you know, rationally, you couldn't have probably done anything. Yeah. There is, there is a definite and very real guilt with that. And that was what Keith was absolutely struggling with. I'm sorry about your friend, by the way, but that was, that was, that was absolutely what Keith was struggling with, with the, you know, I should have done this differently. And if I had turned back sooner, and if I had done that, and that like, the reality is, is that, um, unfortunately, so, you know, sometimes you really can't save the person if they're that determined if, if they you know that's just where they are and what they feel they have to do and no matter what you say or do or how you act you can't change that sometimes which is you know what's I think what's probably one of the most tragic things of it yeah so yeah and that you know I, I felt like it really is something that people kind of need to talk about and and not just like brush under the carpet and pretend like it's not there. I mean, I literally, so I grew up in a small town and very, I lived in like the Bible belt growing up. So obviously in some religions, like if you commit suicide, you know, you can't go into heaven or whatever. I obviously don't believe in that. Let me just clarify. Um, But I had people around me that would, um, until like spikes in suicide happened and it happened to them personally, they were always like, I just feel like it's, you know, it's selfish and it's this and it's that. And it's like, I saw this metaphor that this person had wrote about people committing suicide. And it was like talking about the people that had like were, had died in 9-11. And it was like when they were at the top of that building and they felt like fire, there was like fire everywhere and they were dying of smoke and they chose to jump instead of go down with the fire. It's like, you will never be able to understand the situation that went in in their head of either dying to fire slash, which was like a metaphor for like demons and their inner self, 
or jumping. It's not that killing themselves was not scary or that it wasn't a big decision or selfish. It was that they would have rather jump than they would have like let themselves like succumb to the fire. Yeah, and that's and an, that's interesting. I hadn't heard it put that way. That's a very interesting. It's such it blew yeah. my mind. I was like, I'd always understood it in forms like that, but I think somebody writing it down and and putting it on paper for other people to read was just kind of like the yeah. I mean, the the tragedy of it is that. And the reality of it is that you never really know what's going on in someone's head. You're not in yep. their world, in their body, living their life. And so it, you know, it sometimes it can be easier to judge than it can be to understand. And that's yep. that's probably one of the worst parts of that. Yeah, it's like one of the things I think I get most defensive over. I feel like some people get defensive over like pineapple on pizza. <laughs> Me, yeah. And it's like I'm so I'm so eager to attack somebody over some shit like that. <laughs> you gotta keep me on a leash in situations. <laughs> so, uh, Stevie, I'm gonna let you take the next question, and we're gonna move on from this. I literally talked about this for hours. It's dead ass. I'm not even joking. <laughs> well, it's kind of fitting because today's um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, um, the stigma oh my god hashtags <laughs> um so today is the release day for promise to love you yeah but it, finally everybody's getting henry and eden's story i know that yeah. everybody has been asking when henry's book was going to come yeah yes <laughs> that was that was like yeah i kept being like and it's funny when i wrote um crazy to love you everyone's like are you gonna write like keith and henry you're writing keith and henry right and i was like well, you know, I'm not really sure I want to start a new story. And they're like, well, let me rephrase. You are writing Keith and Henry. And I was like, okay, I'll write Keith and Henry. <laughs> so, I mean, Henry is like this, he's kind of broken. Yeah. Love ruin, ev ruins everything. And then Eden happens. And then she's twice being guarded. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for readers who have not read this book, can you give us a little insight of their story? Sure. Um, so um, Henry, you know, Henry obviously is part of the band and he is best friends with, you know, th these, these guys are, you know, obviously Jasper and Gus are actually brothers, but they are all like a band of brothers. They are as close knit and tight. They are family with each other. Um, so Henry is best friends with these guys, but he's especially close with Keith. Um, he kind of always has been in, um, in Keith's story, Henry's sort of the one who like, you know, gives him the good shove, like what the hell are you doing, man? Go after your woman kind of thing. Oh yeah, um, I love that friend. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> got to have one. So that was sort of Henry, you know, and Henry's at some point he warns Keith, you know, don't break Maya's heart. So Henry, Henry, we know has this, has this really big heart um, and is very capable of love. He loves his friends. He loves Maya. He loves Adeline. You know, he, he is very capable of love, but he comes from a very tragic past with that I won't get into details of, but he does have a very tragic, lonely past where love was not something he had growing up. It was something that was used as a weapon um, against him, against his family situation. So um, 
he had seen its very ugly and dark side and he had always decided I do not want that. I, you know, I've seen it. I know other people can have it, but it's just not something I want for myself. So, um, Eden is, um, Keith's baby sister. Keith has a lot of sisters. <laughs> um, <laughs> Eden is his baby sister and she has always been in love with Henry growing up. That was her, her childhood. I growth. love that trope. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> that was her, that's it. her, that's her, uh, her big brother's best friend. She was always in love with used to sort of follow the band around and watch them jam and all that stuff. And then, um, they meet up at a club one night and have a, a fling and Henry doesn't recognize that it's Eden and <laughs> she loses her mind over that because she was like she thought he finally saw her and he didn't realize it was her and that really pisses the fuck out of her so <laughs> she um she ends up I guess growing very angry and hateful with him. And then she kind of, they have a three year span in between where they don't see each other. And then now Eden is working as a producer at Turn Records, which is where Wild Minds, the band is, um, it's their label and they get thrown back together again. So um, she ends up getting an offer to produce the Wild Minds album, which is, you know, she's new to this. So that's sort of a, a dream come true. You can't sort of turn that down, but it means she has to deal with Henry and they have, they're just fire. They're, you know, she, she is this sort of, um, she's a pistol. She doesn't take shit. And um, <laughs> she didn't know who she was for a long time and then sort of came into herself and makes no apologies for that and Henry is very drawn to her and that's sort of their struggle is that you know they're both very drawn to each other but they're very forbidden their romance is very forbidden you know Keith doesn't want any, that to happen oh, yeah. and is very likely to fall in love because she's been in love with him in the past and and Henry is but very I don't want love I don't want love so uh, and then they're thrown together in Hawaii <laughs> so. I, love it. I love that oh my god I'm gonna read it now she's like let me go one click it yeah <laughs> let me go one click let me go um, Stevie, I'm also gonna let you take uh, question six because I'm not sure if it's a question if you already have these answered because the way this is laid out is confusing the shit out of me. She came up with her answer prior. Oh shit! Okay, cool. Because oh. it, it's the movie question that I've been throwing yes. at people. Oh, okay, got it. She's already got her answers. Do you want to? So them? I have my answers purely because I had no idea. And when I was away this past weekend, I was with my girlfriends and one of them is very into uh, TV and movies. I was like, who would you pick? Tell me. <laughs> Help me out. Yes. Yeah, well, so we, out we, we, spent, we spent a good hour, like, you know, Pinteresting and Googling people who we thought would work. Right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I would but watch this whole series. Based on this lineup we got going on right here, <laughs> let me tell you who I'm going to read immediately first. That would be Jamie Doran. I am 100% reading <laughs> that one immediately. 
that's like the love to hate her and hate to love him that one yeah sign me up for that one I want that one yeah so it's funny because uh we were we were kind of we were like it's got to be good looking and kind of broody and like kind of quiet and mysterious and so she was like well what about Adam Levine I was like well he's not an actor I was like he would be perfect but he's not an actor and she's like and then she was Jamie Darnham I was like okay sure yeah and that's another one I woof lord jesus i love <laughs> we're talking like long hair moment for chris hemsworth or like short hair moment for chris hemsworth? i would prefer gus um gus had short hair so i think i think it's i think it's more with the the shorter hair listen long short doesn't not matter. thor not thorish <laughs> long short doesn't matter love him anyways um so Moving on to writing questions. Oh, you got a letter answer. Oh, shit. I didn't know that was what we were doing. Fine. You answer all of them. Answer all of them. I'm going to, I'm going to butcher names though. I will end up butchering names. So for, all right. For Reckless to Love You, I have Ian Summerholder and Margot Robbie because I love Margot Robbie. She's awesome. Ian Summerholder as Damon in Vampire Diaries. Yes. Yes. And he's, and, but he was like, we were, I was like, he's got to have really dark hair and like crazy blue eyes because that's Jasper. And so he came oh. up and I was like, yes. That's easy. Um, <laughs> love to Hate Her, which is the complete duet now, is um, Jamie Dornan and Sophie Turner, who I didn't really know, but then I looked at the that, pictures and I was like, yeah. Is that the girl that plays alongside in uh, she played, um, Sasha in Game of Thrones? Yes. She played who in Game, of, Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. She played. Um, <gasps> girl he's very joe jonas yeah yeah yes yes but to me that was like i looked at her i was like yeah that's definitely viola oh yes crazy to love you is chris hemsworth because it's chris hemsworth and you have to have a hemsworth right and uh jennifer lawrence because i thought jennifer lawrence would be really cool for naomi because naomi does have such an emotional component to her so I, I thought that was good. Hilarious. So love to tempt you is Chris Pratt because I love him and he can be kind <laughs> of. She, my my friend felt he was very much Keith. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson because I just I love her. She's she's Ooh, my she's my um. We have a little Marvel crossover, going right? <laughs> she she is my um. If if I were ever to uh, sleep with a woman, it would want to be her. Let's oh just yeah. Go with that. Beautiful. She's she's amazing. And then Promise to Love You, Scott Eastwood, he was always sort of who I pictured as Henry. So um, just sort of the look of him. And then uh, I'm not, I can't pronounce her last name, Kaylee Cuoco. Thank you. Because, and she, to me, like, she's just so quirky and cool and fun. Like, she just seemed like such an Eden character. Oh, yeah, she's Penny from the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and she's just cool. like this petite, like Eden, just this tiny framed little petite firecracker of a thing, and that was just like perfect. I love a good Eastwood moment too. Scott Eastwood is, whew. yeah, he's pretty Lord hot. Jesus. Yeah. He's hot. <laughs> I mean, well, look who his father is. I mean, yeah, I'm right. That either. Well, I and yeah, I love the hell out of Eastwood. So yeah, I'm brushing my hair. That's taking a moment. To brush my hair because it's having a tangle moment because it's wet 
And if I don't brush it while it's wet continuously, it'll be, I'll have like an Afro in like- And the fact that you can actually just let your hair dry and it will just do that. My hair is like covered in more products than I can even think about. Otherwise no, it's like a giant puff ball of curls on my head. So this is how stupid my head is, okay? So like you see that this is still, it's still damp, obviously. But like the bottom of it is like pinned straight, right? But yeah. the top portion of it will kinky curl. See, but it gives it a body. I feel like it gives a good body. Oh, no, thank you. It's annoying. Anywho, moving on to the writing questions now that I have not interrupted you giving your drink cast. Um, <laughs> so when did you realize that you wanted to be a writer? So be a writer versus publishing, I guess, is different. Um, okay, so both. So in high school, I used to write stuff. Um, I started, I guess, getting into writing um, or just enjoying it, I guess, in high school. Um, I had a teacher and he, he used to tell us that when we were writing our essays, we had to start them with a free sex save yes or no. And we were like, what the heck does that mean? It was a cat, like something that's catchy, something that catches somebody's attention, oh, right? Yeah. And, and words like free sex save yes and no are very catching words. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that's always stuck with me since then. But because of that, I used to love sort of like the challenge of like writing something that would catch a reader's attention. Something about the way he phrased that just was like, get, you know, you really want to just get these people's attention and hold it. Yeah. So I started writing stories in high school and like some in college, but not really. College was like, you know, I was in college and it was, my brain was sort of on, my brain was sort of doing other things. Um, and then life kind of just like, you know, got in the way. I went to grad school, I got married, I had babies and that stuff. And, but I had been writing stories like probably during that whole time. I probably have, this is gonna sound terrible. I probably have like 30 partially written books, stories, mm -hmm. things that I've never and probably will never publish. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know. I had my third girl and then I just one day was like, you know, I'm just going to publish a book. And I did it very stupidly. I did not do any research and I just <laughs> like slapped on a basic cover and didn't do much with the editing. And I was like, everyone's going to read my book. And then <laughs> it didn't really happen so much with forward. And it was just not probably the best. I mean, I still like the story, but it probably wasn't the best crafted book. And then I wrote um, Start Again, and people really liked that book. But it, again, it had a crappy cover. It had, you know, so I like, I had to do a very quick learning curve. And, but when I wrote those, I was like, oh, like, you know, like I'm not really going to be publishing or write, you know, and then it sort of started to like grow to an addiction and something that like I wanted to keep doing and was enjoying doing. And it sort of kept feeding on itself. So I first published. I think it was I think it's five years now but I, the first few years were sort of uh my my very steep trial and error yeah. <laughs> lots of times I wish I could just go back in with my magic eraser but that's not really possible but me too same so are you a plotter or are you a pantser or are you I'm a, a total pantser like criminally criminally I'm a pantser I'm trying um I've been working with 
some people who are have been really pushing the plotting aspect of writing and I try um but it just doesn't work so well for me do you have Scrivener I do not Scrivener needs to sponsor my ass because I pimp them out anytime <laughs> I talk to a planter I've heard fantastic things about them I just haven't done it if you if you like pantsing and you you can with Scrivener you can pants because they have all of these tabs that you can underlie like uh quotes that you want to use for future you know like you know, seeing little snippets for future scenes you can put in its own tab the outline the manuscript all of it and it's all in one doc so you don't have to have eighteen thousand documents open okay up. i was gonna say because i have like at least usually yeah. like two or three docs per, yep. per book no you can put everything in scrivener the research okay. the notes the everything images character breakdowns they have character breakdown sheets oh, cool. where you can write down and put images for people settings all of it like Scrivener has saved my life okay like, because Sandra, I have just sold me on it too really you should get like an affiliate link with them. I'm not even joking you I'm <laughs> I want to try because I am an amazing saleswoman especially for shit I like look we don't want <laughs> we're not we've been we've been approached already once about a tennis ball company <laughs> it is not no tennis ball company <laughs> we were approached by a company called smooth my balls <laughs> and it is definitely not a tennis ball company <laughs> but scrivener is amazing it's life-saving for real like i am a planter so i'm like somewhere in the middle like i have really bad like so i have like really bad like anxiety like you know, I get manic episodes pretty often where if everything is not laid out in front of me and I don't see that I'm actually doing something, I will freak the fuck out. I will have a mental breakdown because like it's not all there. And then I'll have to, cause see, I have these moments where I sit down and I outline everything. Well, my characters look like the whole outline, all of it, but then I'll write it in like 18 different orders. So I'm a really good mixture. I'm a good mixture of both. But no, and that's that's like, actually not a, that's probably a better way to be. No, you can be a pantser. You just need to get Scrivener. So you can. Yeah, well, well, now I'm going to have to, because apparently like really, because like I'll get to the 50% mark of in a book and then I will outline the end because I will have usually a very good idea as to how I want to go the, the draw or the climax however in the end to sort of play out but like i can't do like a scene by scene chapter by chapter kind of thing i cannot do it it just i love doing that i love i, I mean cannot. obviously i have gaps like where i have kind of like a little bit of filler chapters that i like write as they go or whatever mm -hmm. but like I, i'll hit high points like things that i want to make sure i hit in there so i'll just organize them somewhere but I will tell you this, it's like you get like a 30 day free trial on it. And so for those 30 days, if you're not like writing a book currently, I recommend for like the first few days, like play around with it. Like I basically, you go in and they already have a novel formatting. So you yeah. can do a novel one. They have an area for paperback and ebook where you can put in your dedication, your copyright, your blurb, all of that shit. Really? And then you can format it into a PDF file to slide it right to your formatter. And it's already all in order for them to format oh okay then See? amazing it's amazing you're blowing my mind right now i'm gonna be honest <laughs> so literally i would recommend like playing around with it because i think a lot of people the reason that they don't like scrivener is because they're like oh it's confusing and it's like well you tried to probably jump right into it and write a book like 
play around. Yeah, that's probably what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, play around with it. Look at the files. Figure out how to work stuff, and and then your mind will be blown with how amazing it is. Okay. You can even I go. Will, in I will. I will try it. I will absolutely try it. It's amazing. You can even go in as like multiple revision colors. Like you can revise for grammar. You can revise for content, and like have different color coded. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna stop talking about it now because. <laughs> But I'm literally obsessed with this program. I love it. Affiliate sponsorship by them. Yeah, really. Somebody, like, seriously. Somebody sponsor me. I'm serious. I literally love your. I love that program so much. It really is a lifesaver. Anyways, moving forward. Um, do you have any interesting writing quirks when you write? Like you have to eat Twizzlers when you're writing certain scenes. Like, do I have any interesting writing? So, I am a sour candy addict. Um, and if I am Yep. There you go. Mm -hmm. I'm like a chewy and sour candy addict. And so if I'm like getting really deep into a scene, I'll end up clenching my teeth. I will find, which is bad. Yeah. And so I will chew on candy to sort of (laughs) alleviate that tension, but that's probably as far as I go with quirks. Like I don't have to do anything like I feel like I write better when I write outside but I also live in Connecticut and that's really not so easy here I love so. Connecticut though what part of Connecticut I'm not trying to like rush to roll up at your house or anything no I live in Simsbury so um, okay cool yeah it's kind of uh it's kind of country-ish but um still close to stuff so it's good we like it but um I like but it's not so easy most of the year to write outside it's either the weather here is uh fluctuating (laughs) yes it fluctuates that's probably a good way to put it so like um I wrote um just one kiss last summer and I literally sat outside I mean it's it's a um, novella so it's it's like 45k or something but I, I sat outside literally for like two three weeks and just like wrote the hell out of that book and I was like this is great I need to sit outside all the time and write all the words and then winter came so I if it was if winter was warm I could for sure write outside because I love snow like I love looking at it I think it, it's just very pretty yes. but it's cold as fuck Yes. It's wet and soggy, so it's not. Yes, you can't sit outside in it to write, and especially your computer would not be happy. So yeah, like in the winter, we have um, we have a, a nice gas fireplace in our family room and nice views of the backyard with that. So I'll I'll sit out there in in the family room and just sort of sit on this. The kids aren't home and sit on the couch and just write with the fire going, and that's really nice. So it's just you know I'll I'll jump around. Sometimes I yeah. write in my office, which is where I am now so does it I bounce around I guess but that's I don't really have any quirks quirks I guess I need a ritual like I have a I have a like if I don't do things in a certain order and it's not like a million things but I have to have like it's like a four it's like a ritual of four things that I have to do and if I don't do those I won't write anything (laughs) I will (laughs) stare at the screen for like 12 and a half hours of just in doing nothing um but yeah I wish I could bounce around and do shit like that I would die could not could never (laughs) lucky you congratulations (laughs) so uh last writing question for me is what does your family think about your writing and have any of them read any of your books um my family is very very supportive um of it it's funny I have been very um reluctant to tell my extended family about it um (laughs) 
just because I tend to be a, a quiet private person. So yeah. I've been very reluctant to tell them, but um, my husband, especially he's like, you know, he's very cute. He likes to, every time I have a release, he'll come home with a bottle of champagne for me. He's like, he's, you know, I'll be like, honey, I'm going to buy this picture. Don't ask how much it is. And he's like, that's great. Go for it. Go buy your picture. Like he's, he's like, he is, he's my, he's like the best champion. Like I'm a very, very lucky lady. They have not read my writing because I, I, don't, I mean, he, he probably could. And, but I, I'm always like, no, don't read it. No, <laughs> but yeah, like in my parents, no, no, my, no. My parents my do not need to read the sexy stuff I like to write. See, what I'm saying. Happy. See, she's on the same page as me. I was raised by a single dad. There's no way. My dad's my one of my biggest fans. Like, I love him to death, really. Buys all of my books, has like all of oh, them, that's right? Sweet. But I'm like, dad, if you ever even open it, crack it open. <laughs> <laughs> literally kill you yeah no no and my girls too are like when can we do your books I'm like when I'm dead <laughs> when I'm dead you know, my, my big girl's like how about when I'm 18 I'm like no when I'm dead and I don't have to have the conversation with you about why I wrote something I wrote yeah, yeah for real not not about it yeah me yeah. either my mother-in-law though my mother-in-law Oh God, I love her today. I love Ginger. She's actually the reason that I got, I saw, like found out about indie publishing is because of her, because mm -hmm. we're both really good readers, but I, I like really like heavy readers. And she was like, oh, have you read these authors? And then from there, I've like delved into the world or whatever, right? Yeah. And so she reads all of them religiously. And it's like, oh God. <laughs> so like if you're a reader already like that's kind of different me yeah but still it just makes me like super nervous because I mean oh, yeah. like it's her son you know that I'm married to so it's like, yeah. oh no I, <laughs> like, I promise that I mean I can't exactly but she's like oh my god I love this part or whatever and it's like oh my god it just makes me think of the fact that like some of these scenes are like pulled from her child. So it's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> cringe, cringe. Yeah, Henry, Henry and Eden get pretty dirty. Henry's kind of a dirty boy. And so like the, the thought of like my parents reading that, no. I would cringe. My I would cringe. Oh my God, no, no. Yeah, I just literally, my face is like warm thinking about it. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I will have hives. Same. so that is the last for me for writing questions and stevie is gonna take our reading questions since she's the blogger since she's the blogger that was a tongue twister it's fine um but go ahead stevie take it away okay what is the first book that ever made you cry so i saw that question i was like shit let me think back let me think back i am not a big book crier i am not um I will cry the hell in movies and TV shows and sometimes even commercials. <laughs> I am person. It's like that pet commercial. Every time I hear the arms of the angel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and you like almost have to flip the channel and feel bad about it. Yes, because okay. I get too emotionally, but I, I'm not a big book crier and I like really couldn't think uh, I mean, like I've read, you know, like Old Yellow Room where the red friend grows, you know, like those things, but like, I probably like in the romance world, um, I probably, like, I, def I definitely cried when I wrote Start Again. I cried the hell in that book. It's about a mom who loses her daughter and her husband and tries to move oh. on. So I cried the hell in writing that book, but I haven't, I really haven't like cried in a book that I can remember, I guess. Yeah. 
hard then. I mean, that's fine. Not everybody cries writing reading books. Know, and then I'll get messages that are like, your book made me cry. I'm like, really? What part? <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. who knows? Um, okay, continue, Stephen. Um, my, my family's blowing me up on the phone. I'm listening. It's just my, <laughs> my, my dad, speaking of my dad, is like, his ears were burning. 18 texting me in a row right now. He <laughs> wants to know what his cover model debut is. Shut up. Shut up, Katie. <laughs> it's like <emojis> everywhere. Okay, <laughs> one day, know. one day somebody's going to cave and put your dad on the cover. I'm just I up. will literally, <laughs> I will sue somebody. I'm not joking. Um, who are some of your favorite authors to read? So... I mean, I have tons and tons and tons of favorite authors, right? So I guess it depends on the mood I am in. Um, when I am writing an emotionally heavy story, I like to read the opposite. So I'll read like rom-coms. So I'll read like, um, like Pippa Grant and, and, you know, Claire Kingsley and, and people that, and um, R.S. Gray, people who just kind of keep it light and fun and like, relatively low angst that I can like put the book down and like then go back to like writing kind of thing nothing that's going to be like I must read the next page even though I'm on a deadline um so I'll read them I love them um I love um Karina Hale I love Pam love the hell out of Pam Godwin um and then I, you know, I pretty much read everything. So I'll read like, you know, then I'll bounce back and I'll read people like L. Kennedy and, and authors like, you know, then I'll get into like the new adult sports romances and things like that. And then I'll go and like twist and go back to like the dark romance stuff and read like Gianna Darling and I love uh, her. I love her. Know, like authors like them. So like, like, you know, basically like I will read almost anybody and it is very rare that I don't like the books that I read I guess I mean sure there have been someone I'm like and then I'm gonna like not finish you <laughs> um, but that doesn't happen that often and then I'll get into like reverse harem and like all kinds of things so like listen to me listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth oh god here she goes you need to read steel matthews here lives a corpse series oh yeah oh i love her cassie i love cassie yeah oh my god cassie's fantastic yeah the books i literally cannot have you read the devil's night series by penelope douglas well, here we go. Yeah. oh yeah penelope douglas is definitely on my list like birthday girl i love all of her stuff yeah. oh my god oh my god corrupt. are you birthday kidding girl. me that's still one of my like top five books ever what is birthday girl uh, no corrupt oh shit my girl Luca, send me listen listen to me i literally saw a tiktok this morning where it was this girl and she was like when you realize that you're reading reading smut in public and she was reading corrupt and i was like it's a dangerous game to be playing to, Ooh, be, that book? That to book. be reading michael and kai in public that's dangerous yeah that's dangerous that book is dirty and it's so good though listen Kai is my baby daddy and I will literally fight anybody who tries to take him away from me there's a friend of ours who is current I'm currently convinced them all to read it so she's she just finished corrupt and she's like I think I'm really gonna like Kai I like the quiet ones and I'm like if you don't back the fuck up off my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Michael I liked him the best I guess you're telling you're telling me right now you didn't like Damon you did you didn't love Damon everybody is like on yeah. Damon's you don't like him I did I had trouble with him though Listen, Damon. Oh God, I, I have trouble with him. I, did. I have a soft spot for him. 
Like this I was is like this, this whole series is the only thing they talk about in our group chat. Oh really? Oh, it's, it's so good. It's so, so good. good. Every book so in that good. series is so good. But even just like, um, and I'm I'm like uh, misconduct that she wrote. Like I love oh, yeah. like a teacher. Punk seven. Huh? Punk fifty seven. Yes. Oh my god. Like she's she's brilliant. Brilliant. I love her. Love her. She's also releasing the cover of Thrice Venom tomorrow, which is, is her really female female book. And let's just talk about as the bisexual, I am very excited. <laughs> I haven't actually ever read, like I've read, um, you know, like multiple like Minaj and, and reverse harem and stuff like that. I don't, and I've read maybe one or two lesbian books, but I don't think I've read that many. Oh my God, you're missing out. I'm telling you. We just had a conversation about female, female books. Because and male, Molly, male books. And well, Molly, Molly, yeah. Love, yeah, and I'll read, I'll read male, male books, but I haven't female books yet there's not a lot yeah I feel like they're not out a lot right now but um, representation Molly McAdams is getting ready to release a brand new series and book two is a female female really not female that she's ever done wow Douglas is writing one and so that's what matters very cool I will definitely and that's what I'm excited about because she's gonna write some badass bitches (laughs) I am (laughs) so excited anyways okay so Um, next question are you an e-reader or a physical copy person? I am an e-reader. And I always have all these friends who are like, look at my bookshelves filled with all my really cool paperbacks. And I'm like, I don't have that really cool bookshelf filled with any paperbacks. Um, like, the only, like the only one I have is like, um, like I have a um, like Sea of Ruin, like made out to me. Like this, I have. This is like my baby. <laughs> but that, like, I don't. Yeah, I'm very much um, like I have. I read on my Kindle. I read on my phone, which is really bad. Me I read too. on my computer, um, but I I'm not a paperback person, except for Harry Potter because I've been reading that with my. Uh, almost 11 year olds mm-hmm. and those like you can't read them on a kindle with like I like to read paperbacks with her but other than that I am an e-reader I am a I am a cover whore yeah I love covers and that's why everyone's like oh you like and they'll have like these amazing amazing collections and I'm like I this, really need to start getting on that I know I have she's not even favorite. read this book yet I haven't I, I love know what the blurb I that one yet I don't even know what the blurb is. It's I don't know. I can't even play with the blurb is. All I know is I saw this cover on Instagram and I said, absolutely, that's going on my shelf. Yeah, no, and she, she I love her, um, her um, kaleidoscope hearts, like that series. Yeah. Actually, I love that series. I really, my husband series. dreads the words books a million every day of his life. <laughs> and what's worse is I get busted all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I get busted all the time because if I don't go to Books a Million, I'll be like, I'll like order like four books off of Amazon, right? And so they'll come in. And by the time they come in, I've already had a Books a Million trip. And he's like, why are you getting more books? Where are all these books coming from? And it's like, and that's probably another reason why I buy ebooks because my husband has zero clue. I just keep one clicking, one clicking, one clicking, one clicking, one clicking. And it just shows up <laughs> on my Kindle, not on his account. He has no idea. <laughs> that's literally my life. I'm like, slowly building mine again. Kaleidoscope, what series by the Claire? It's like Kaleidoscope Hearts. Yes, it's like there's Paper Hearts, Kaleidoscope Hearts, and then there's another one I'm blanking on. Why do I um, feel like the covers are Kaleidoscope Hearts, I think, is the first one. 
Mm-hmm. And I really liked that. She also wrote, I read one, um, I think she retitled it to like the wild one or something like that. Um, I really like that. Elastic story. hearts and then paper hearts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, BRB. Let me just buy this whole thing. I like the covers. There, um, those covers are school, Parts is like a brother's best friend kind of thing. Paper mm-hmm. Hearts is like the broken kind of bad boy. <laughs> my, <love> my life. <laughs> yeah. No, like the, that series I thought was really, really well done. I like that one a lot. She also is the author of My Way Back to You, which is a duet. Yes, I didn't read that one. Darkness Before Dawn. I'm a cover yes, person. Yes, Darkness Before Dawn. I definitely read that. That series. Yep. I'm a cover person. So when somebody's like, oh, have you read blank blank by so-and-so? I'm like, show me a picture of the cover and I'll tell you if I've read it. See, and I'm terrible with names. So mm-hmm. people will be like, you know, like, did you read this in this book? I'm like, I don't know. Tell me what it's about. And then I will tell you if I read it. Yes. Like I, I'm not, I can't, I'm terrible with remembering book titles, I guess. MJ, literally her darkness series. Yes, that's a really that, good series. That series is fun. That is probably one of my favorite series that I've ever read by her. Yeah. Oh, no. It, and that's amazing. Yeah. Like with the, uh, and it's super hot, mm. super hot series. Now I'm going to, I might have to go back and reread that. Right. I haven't read it in like almost. Like, I haven't, I haven't read it in years, years, but not, now I might have to go back and reread it because it was that good. And the dude was the, the male hero. Yeah. I loved him. All right. Sign me up. All right, continue, Stevie. What's your absolute favorite trope to read? My absolute favorite trope to read is either probably Enemies to Lovers. Oh, yes. Right? Like, who doesn't? I'm going to sneeze. Um, and I, lo- I love second chance romances. Love the hell out of second chance romance. Bless you. <laughs> did you hear that no no we didn't you muted but i thought i know i i was making sure i muted myself uh i love the hell out of second chance romances because i feel like you can do them a lot of different ways you can do them enemies to lovers you can do them friends to lovers you can do them childhood romance you can do them really about to write one Stevie. I, I love them they're they're probably my favorite but enemies to lovers i love for Usually the back and forth, you know, like the banter, the back and forth, the yeah. angst behind that kind of thing. So it, that's probably, I love to read that. I love Brothers Best Friends, obviously, because I write a good amount of that, that kind of thing. Uh, Stevie's, I'm literally, okay. <laughs> so Stevie's like favorite trope is second chance, like baby, like secret babies. I haven't done always like yet. I love I love dark romance and I'm like the I'm like the we're like the yin to yang of each other. She's fluff and I'm dark romance, right? <laughs> so um, and I was like, oh my god, I'm ne- I I don't I'm not a huge secret baby fan. It's just not like something that I seek out. But literally the next book I'm writing, <laughs> the plot happened to accidentally fall under a secret baby. Trope. Did it really? That's yes. awesome. And Stevie is like, ha. Huh. <laughs> Look, I got tagged in a post the other day and it was on art our podcast Instagram and somebody was somebody had come across this book and tagged me in it and said I know that bookshelf boyfriend is a secret baby fan I was like MJ is definitely not a secret baby fan it's not it's not it's just like I mean when they're well done I, I appreciate them and I like them it's just I can't 
in this day yeah, and age, happy, well done. In this done. day and age, there is no way. I don't care if you meet somebody one time, hit and quit. You're gonna at least know their name. Like I, I just, I just cannot. It's like it's got to be well done. There has to be a reason why this was a was a secret from this person. Yeah. Like when, yeah. when, it's, when it's good like that, I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. Sign me up for that. But when it's not, I'm like, I can't get behind it. I don't, I don't believe that you kept this a secret from him. <laughs> yeah that's just but it does happen people do actually do that so it's it does it's happen possible. and the one the secret baby ones that i like are like um where they have like this crazy one night stand and then like they don't like they go their complete separate ways like one lives in a different town you know like it's just like you know like they really do never see each other again or have a way of contacting each other kind of thing and yeah. then like they run into each other and the kid's already like eight or something crazy or if like he that. like goes overseas totally mm-hmm. believable because so, i like, mean how can you reach him somebody asked me this the other day piper rain has a, a secret baby in their bailey series called birth of a baby daddy yeah and everybody's like does it have a plot and i'm like yes they hooked up in a hotel room at a bar and then he went home to Alaska and she stayed and went to her house. And then she just happened to get pregnant. She didn't know his name. She didn't know who he was. And then she saw his twin brother's face on the TV and thought it was the twin brother. Oh, God. So it was like, it was a possible story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does happen. If you think about like, you know, you read about how like people hook up in clubs or, you right. know, like there is definitely anonymous sex that goes down. Yeah. And if, and if not done carefully, ladies, you can get pregnant. So Absolutely. I mean, it's a definite thing. It could happen. It is. The whole, the whole thing for me is like, I'm a nurse practitioner by training. And it's like, dude, why don't you have birth control? Like, come on, you're a smart woman. You should know. Birth oh my God. Are you? Oh no. Are you the person TV like prevention? Me? And so are for me, person? like, that's probably why I don't always go for them. Cause I'm like, ah, but. Are you the person who like reads and they're like, oh shit, they didn't put on a condom. They did not put on a condom. <laughs> no, it's funny because so, like my, um, my PA was like, you need to stop writing that they're putting on condoms. And I was like, what? No, I can't do that. She's like, a lot sex. Of like to read that. And I'm like, you're messing with me here. And then, so then I'll always have them have like the STD and like the, the like safe sex talk. Oh, okay. Well, I have an IUD and I am clean and like, like, it's just, it's just literally I wrote one like okay so I think I mean I don't know I I I teeter-totter back and forth between putting condoms on and then not putting condoms on it just depends on the the book vibe or whatever Mm -hmm. but I wrote this one oh my god I wrote this in blind pass I wrote the first sex scene they didn't have wear a condom and my editor (laughs) they were like uh why is she not wearing condom question mark question mark question mark already a single mom question mark question mark question mark okay okay god and that and doesn't happen to be the one night stand with every one night stand i always make sure that you use a condom oh yeah so it was like sorry 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 jesus yeah. <laughs> that's probably why i will never write see or may never write secret baby because i'm always like come on birth control condoms some condoms Safe well i mean sex. you could do it like you, he could write he could wear a condom but it breaks because that yes does, and that yes and that does have a very plausible story that happens a lot and effective so just saying, just saying all right Stevie, are you done with reading questions or you got another one? No, go ahead. Okay, so sadly, we have reached the end of the podcast. However, this is our favorite portion of the podcast, and that is trope questions. Okay. So, what is your favorite trope to write and why? My favorite trope to write. Yeah, you can be as specific or as non-specific as you would like. Yeah, I. so my favorite trope to write is probably... 
um, friends to lovers because mm. I like so that dynamic, I guess. Um, I, I like, yeah, I think I like writing friends to lovers. Uh, I, I mean, I love writing enemies to lovers because it really lets you get creative with, uh, <laughs> with angry content that yeah. you can make happen between them. So probably those two I really like to write like the most. Um, I've been on this tangent of like brother's best friends or, or best friend's older brother and that kind of thing. And so I think I obviously like to write that as well. I literally have such a struggle. I think enemies to lovers is so much easier, right, than friends to lovers because like, I like, I love the dynamic of friends to lovers, right? Like they grow up together. They have all of these memories and all this history and they love each other. However, yeah. the breakup or whatever, like whatever happens, the reader is going to hate either hero or heroine in this situation. And yeah. it's like you have to, they're like, they're the type of situation where you have to make them break up because of an external force and not like him yeah. cheating or like her cheating because then it's fucked. Yeah, and sometimes I don't actually have them break up. I will have their, like with, uh, like with, I mean, that was an enemies to lovers, but like with the duet, I never had Jasper and Viola break up. Yeah. So, and and same actually, um, I'm trying to like, I guess Keith and, Keith and Maya didn't really, I guess, I don't, you know, they kind of had this small separation, but I wouldn't say that there was like a breakup, I guess. Yeah. I don't think so, it was break up so, sometimes I don't like them to break up because I feel like there is so much drama in their story mm-hmm. that it that they don't need something else getting to them. I don't even think I have my characters break up. They just go separate ways because nobody's ever dating. <laughs> they reach, <laughs> like, I'm realizing now that <laughs> the books that I write, nobody's ever dating. Like when they <laughs> hit their big like explosion moment, nobody's ever been like, hey, are we dating? and so yeah so I don't it doesn't even count mine doesn't even count um (laughs) Stevie take the next question what's one trope that you would have mentioned like to write so I mean does reverse harem count as a trope I don't know absolutely counts as a trope I always like waver like between like you know what's actually like considered a genre what's considered a trope so I think reverse harem is very fun like I love reading it um if when it's done well um I think it's a challenge to do so I I mean I maybe at some point I don't know if I will actually do it but I I like the idea of doing it the other thing that um people have been kind of pushing me to do is mm romance Uh, I have I tend to write a lot of gay characters um (laughs) your face (laughs) I tend to write a lot of gay characters so um I haven't done that sorry my computer just texted me that was loud um it was mine I was like fuck my computer always does that (laughs) (laughs) um so that that's you know everyone's like oh you need to write Ethan and you need to write you know Marco you need to write John like all these characters that are are gay and I I haven't done MM yet but that might be something I love a good MM. I love a good MM. And I love reading it. So, and it I definitely mean, has a strong audience. So it I might, think, might be, I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. I think it'll take me years down the road to write a reverse harm, mostly because I think it just takes a lot of talent and a lot of skill yes. because there's so many body parts. And I think that yeah. I forget whose it's, part is where. And like, so, I, don't think I, I don't think I could do more than three guys like that. I think Cassie, 
but. has a harem currently with seven men yeah, and too- one woman. And when I tell you that when I read her sex scenes that I could literally read those scenes and paint you a picture because I could tell you exactly where everybody's located too because that's how good she is at well, life. That's what you need to be. I don't think I'm I that. could literally tell you where everybody's positioning is at in these sex scenes. And it's like, girl, how? First of all, how? Okay. That's a lot of, that's a lot of dudes, but. That's a lot of penises. However, two of the guys, I think, I think it's two of the guys are bisexual. So that. Yeah, I feel like you have to have that component if you're going to have that many. So it's like, I love it. I love it. I'd like to point out that MJ also can guess Kathy's entire harem. Um, Zodiac signs. I guess them all correctly. (laughs) She has a chart for their Zodiac signs and she has guessed every single one of them. I want a podcast episode. Impressive. Seriously impressive. I might be able to guess yours by the end. We have we don't have any that many questions left, but I could possibly guess it. Okay. Okay. So um is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. What is one trope you'll never write and why? (sighs) One trope I'll never write. Well, maybe we just said maybe secret baby, but um no, I don't think I ever have a trope I would never write. You know, like, I feel like that's sort of the cool thing about romance is that like a lot of books bleed with different tropes, you know, like, you know, like promise to love you is forbidden and it's brother's best friend. It's, you know, it's um, forced proximity, you know, like you get all these different mixing and meshing of tropes. I don't think there's one that I would ever, I would never consider or never want to try writing. I think that would be too limiting. So I I can't think of anything specific that I would never want to do. Good answer. I like that answer. I didn't know. So Stevie's going to take our last question, sadly, and then we'll leave you a little portion to talk about yourself. But before that, I'll try and guess your Zodiac sign. Yeah. Um, This is like a little snippet. Because I was about to say, I'm not very good at talking about myself, but now that might help you with uh, coming with my Zodiac (laughs) sign. I think you're an Earth sign for sure. Anyways, continue, Stevie. Um, If you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Ooh, reverse harem. Hello. (laughs) 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 <laughs> hell well, yeah you're the first girl. author to say that are you huh? besides me yeah besides you i think she might be the first one that's actually said it hey. she's had a lot of um Amy lovers yeah no i don't need any no i don't need any word you know nobody, i want to reverse want all that angst and, and turmoil in my life i think i'll just take like I think I would take a rom-com reverse harem, which I don't even know if that exists in this world, but I think- No, I don't want that. I literally want somebody to plot me into the book, Den of Vipers. I want to be in Den of Vipers so badly. (laughs) I'm in love with all of those men. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's my trope. And then Stevie's, yours is- Billionaire. Billionaire, which I think- Oh, that's a good one too. That's a good one smart one. Okay, um, you're Zodiac. I think you're definitely an earth sign. You're super calm, cool, and collected. You seem very grounded. So if you had to select eternal health, wealth, or love, what would it be? Oh, all three. Okay, um, so you're, okay, are you a Capricorn? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> selfish ladies can't choose one. have to take all of them. Oh yeah, cool. Well, come on. How do you pick one? No, honestly, I would probably. I mean, for myself, I would probably pick love. Yeah, I can't really pick. Come on. <laughs> to be honest with you, I feel like some people. Okay, so you have to be honest with yourself with these questions, and a lot of people lie. 
everybody wants to say love, okay? But that's not the truth because your internal self, you need to let your internal self speak because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a Leo and I'm choosing money, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm choosing money. I would just rather have short love and longevity and wealth than long wealth and poor. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that maybe yeah, now you know why I can and I and I never and I don't want to be sick. So now you know why I picked all three. Yeah, no, it's just because Capricorns are indecisive as fuck. Yes, we are. Yeah. So and well, I mean, you're an Earth sign, so all Earth signs are stubborn, but you're the least stubborn of your your uh, harem. I'm not that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not that you're stubborn. The least stubborn. At least I tell my husband I'm not that stubborn. <laughs> yeah. So you're the least of all of them. But yeah, yeah, y'all are super indecisive as shit. So that's why. And that's you're so funny that you just nailed that. Damn. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm listen. I got my mojo back because I guessed the last one wrong, and I was super sad about it because there was no way I was guessing Scorpio. There was no fucking way she was. I genuinely feel like they're lying to her. <laughs> but uh, no. So yeah, I got my mojo back. It's back now. Back in business. Anyways, I'm um, happy that I was able to do that for you. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's that Capricorn energy, man. I have my right? most of my friends are Capricorns. So I'm like, and my husband's a Capricorn. So it's like, my husband's a Capricorn too. Oh, we got a two Capricorn pairing. Amazing. That's the most mellow marriage ever. I bet y'all don't argue at all, do you? Y'all don't ever argue. And when you do, it's probably catastrophic as fuck. Well, now you know why I don't want an enemies to lovers. It's like, ah, I don't want to be bothered. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, Dallas Fletcher's an, is an Aries, but his moon's in Capricorn. And I think he associates with his moon a lot more than his sun sign. Because let me tell you, my man is not an Aries at all. <laughs> um, I, I like to laugh about mine. My bitch is all water. She's Pisces and Cancer in moon. So oh, I'm Virgo. Didn't you read the Virgo? I'm sorry. Yes, you're Virgo in moon and her uh, sign is Pisces. So basically she cries all the time. I was going to say, that's, that's a lot of water. Yeah. I love water. Anywho, um, so thank you so much for joining us. We're going to oh, leave you a few nice. minutes to talk about yourself right here and the book that you have released today. And then uh, we'll tell you goodbye. So floor okay. is yours. Oh, goodness. Miss Yep, today, yeah, you can tell I'm not good with talking about myself. <laughs> today, yes, I, is release day for um, Promise to Love You. It is book five, the last book in the uh, Wild Love series. So I'm kind of sad and happy about that. Um, it is a Brother's Best Friend, Forbidden Romance. It is a forced proximity because they end up in Hawaii. It is very steamy kinky hot and lots and lots and lots of emotional feels with that one um, it's on sale for a very limited time it will go up soon maybe next week I think um, and um, yeah you can I can be followed on Instagram Facebook TikTok lots of places anything at it's at J Saman books so that's my uh at always and yeah I don't know what else to say that was so good you did great but like we said thank you so much for joining us it was really a pleasure to have oh, you thank you guys this was really the best thank you so much this was so much fun no problem we hope you have a great day